Good evening, dog. Oh, you're giving it away that we're doing it in the evening. Yeah, we're doing it in the evening. We're Good evening. It. Good evening. Hello. We are in, what are we, three, four, week, we're into week three of the- I think it's week four of our shelter-in-place order. Wow. Yeah. It feels like the time is flying, and yet it is dragging so it's, slow. Time is standing still, and yet running laps around us at the same time. Yes, it's. This is. I have to say, like one of the weirdest, like things to be living through. Right, because it's when you have no end in sight, and don't know, like, well, I like we mark our time partly by just like what's coming up next, and when there's no next. It all just feels the same, right? Yeah, pretty much. I and wonder if this is what retirement feels like with less chance of dying. No, probably not. Because, like, at least retirement, you can, like, leave your house. Yeah. You can go somewhere. You can take trips. You know, this is kind of like... And when I do leave my house, I'm like, back off. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I was, I was going to ask, cause, you know, because I hear about people in, you know, like towns, let's say, that, um, you know, they're sheltering in place and they're social distancing, but they can also drive places, you know, even if it's just to a store. But, um, but yeah, I'm wondering, like, do you feel a sense of, like, escape at all when you do it? Or it's like, I'm going out just to go back in? I mean, kind of. Um, we went out over the weekend and for, like, a two-hour drive because, you know, my daughter has got her driving, what is it called? The, the permit. And she has to do a certain amount of hours of driving. You know, she has to get in yeah, like 40 hours yeah. of driving before she takes a road test, which is probably going to not happen, <laughs> which is a little unnerving because I was yeah. kind of counting on her being able to drive in the fall. Um, and so, yeah, so she's, um, so, so we were, she hasn't been out. So we were like, well, okay, we'll just go drive. And so, but it was like, we were confined to the car. Um, right. but it, I was like, Jesus Christ, at least I'm getting like out of my neighborhood, you know, <laughs> which was awesome. You know, yeah, so, I mean, wow, that's something. Look, at, look at the world, look at the whole world out here. Um, and you know, I've been going to the grocery store, um, but, and the liquor store, of course. Um, but like, <laughs> like that's kind of like the extent of my life is like grocery store, liquor store, home. Um, and you know, if it's nice, that I'll go for a walk. And, but again, in my neighborhood. Yeah. But yeah. you know, it's not, I mean, it's busier now that, you know, people are around and, you know, I mean, I live in a community too, where it's a summer destination, so I've got people like, like the summer people kind of trickling back in, which is super unnerving because they shouldn't be trickling anywhere right now. <laughs> and I'm just like, your asses better be staying home for two weeks. And you know that they're not. No, I'm sure. You know, like you just, you just know that they're not. So it's just, um. You know, so that's a little bit unnerving. A lot of New Yorkers and New Jersey people coming in. Um, so, and I know that you guys are like in the middle of the shitstorm. Yeah, I mean, 
We are, and you know, a lot of people very kindly have expressed concern and are asking what it's like. And the truth is, we don't know because we're not seeing any of it because we're just sitting in our apartment and lucky enough to still have work at least for the moment. So we're occupied Monday through Friday, but we're not. We have no eyes and ears to the city. You know, we go out once or twice a week to get like groceries and, you know, maybe go to an open drugstore and that's it. Um, and we're only going a block or two and we don't see many people. And now the ones that we do, we just see face masks and we don't have any yet. We tried wearing scarves on our faces uh, Saturday, a couple mm-hmm. days ago. Um, and like it wasn't working. My, uh, my glasses were fogging up yeah. and I couldn't breathe and it smelled like my drawer. And I'm like, I can't I can't do this. It was um it, it it that was actually among the most anxious moments I've had so far. So we'll see when our face masks actually arrive. But um, oh, where'd you, know, you get it, them from? I don't remember. Partly because Alyssa ordered them. Oh, okay, because she did tell me she did tell me where, and I don't remember now. Oh, okay, are they like the cute like fabric ones, or did you get like the? ones that you get when you go to like your doctor and it's flu season. I think we got the cheap ones like flu season ones. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cause that's the other thing. Like I, you know, I know that we should be wearing masks. I don't have any, um, you know, and I'm like, do I get the flu season ones or are those the ones that people need at the doctor's office? Like, I don't know what to get. So I kind of want to get, like, I was like, well, maybe you can make a cloth one. And then it's like, no, who am I kidding? I don't sew. Oh shit! You really like like no. You might as well just walk around with nothing. You know. I mean, those are the kinds of things I want done right. I'm gonna buy them from a manufacturer. A manufacturer who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. One hopes. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, and I mean, Knockwood. We're in a we're in a pretty remote area. Um, so we don't have a lot of cases, but like you know, go 20 minutes north of me and. It's like the sort of the center of things. So I kind of don't feel like, like, I don't feel like so crippled without having, by not having a face mask, like, oh, I better not go out. I don't have a, like, you know, like, I don't feel like that. Um, But I don't feel like, but I don't feel comfortable anymore even being in the grocery store. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, and it's, ours are claustrophobic even on a good day. Yeah. Uh, so, the whole, and you know, now, there are a lot of homeless people everywhere we do look in our limited walking, so that also feels mildly apocalyptic. Um, yeah. So, the whole idea of going out, it's like, on a nice day, it, today looked and felt like it was actually warm outside, and I still was like... Uh, I'm just going to stay in. And again, like, I think we have talked about it briefly off the podcast, but I've now known of multiple people who have come down with this. I now know several people who have already passed away from this. It's, I want to be out and I want to be active because, and just obeying the precautions, but I also really want to err on the side of caution Yeah, because it's so, it's so easy to fall prey to. Yeah. 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 And you just don't know who's. You know, I mean, now they're saying sort of like coming up with, oh, maybe you, like, if you had, if you got really sick earlier in the year and you were tested for flu and it was negative, you probably had the virus, which I'm kind of like, ooh, that's weird. 
it's, you know, I don't rule anything out. It's a possibility, but I don't know. But I don't know. Right. Exactly. And there's like, now it's just like a whole lot of misinformation flying around out there. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's getting really, like, it was like weird before. Now it's just starting to get kind of crazy pants. Yeah, it is. And all I'm paying attention to is what I know for sure is we have the ability to stay inside. So let's just stay inside. Stay inside. Right. And so we're staying inside and we're watching Melrose Place. That's right. We are warping back to the past for you guys. Yeah. Um, so so here we are. I believe we are on season four, episode 22. The Circle of Strife. Yes, which I always think of now, the Lion King in my head when I yes. hear that. Yes. The Circle, Circle of Strife. We're probably going to have to, we're probably going to get sued for that. No, um, because that's <laughs> Hey, we're saying the title of this episode. Um, uh, so I want to know what you think about this whole episode. But I also remember as I watched it that for me, you know how we keep talking about how the season gets really bad? Yeah. That season four like really takes a turn for the crazy. I remember the first time I watched this as it aired, hating this episode and thinking that the show had really lost its touch and that it really continued to go downhill from here. And, well, I think, yes, you can definitely see the downward trend with this episode again. I enjoyed it more watching it this time than I did in my memory from the 90s. Okay, so I I just have so many questions, and I don't think it's going to be a spoiler to put this out there. But there was a wedding. Um, And this wedding was never teased. Was it teased in the promo? Um, that's a great question. Because I think... Oh, go ahead, sorry. I think, yes, I think they did tease it, but I don't think they said who, so I think it was like, there's a wedding on this episode, as opposed to, like, Michael and Kimberly get married, or someone, I think it was more like, someone gets married in this episode. Okay, because that was kind of like a, wait, what, what, what? Because, like, you know, the back then, the wedding episodes were the big episodes. These were the ones you ran during Sweep. These were the ones. And again, this is a Sweeps month episode. It is a Sweeps, sweeps episode. Okay. So that makes sense. So you always put the wedding episodes during Sweeps, but there's always a lot more buildup, I think. And there was zero buildup with this one. Yeah, I mean, this definitely feels almost like an afterthought. Almost like they know it's dumb story, and let's just plow through it. Yeah, and boy, is it ever a dumb story. It's a dumb wedding. It didn't need to happen, yet here we are. But my one counter to that, and I truly agree with everything you've just said, is that at least they found a way to get pretty much everyone together in a scene, which is when the show is at its best. And the only thing is... It's just so ridiculous that all these people are congregating for a wedding for Michael and Kimberly. But that is the beauty of the campiness of Melrose. It's just now I see how they teetered off the edge. Well, I saw it then, too, with going too far with the ridiculousness of it. Yes. Um, and, there are, and there are other instances of that in this episode. There's also another retcon that I didn't remember that completely comes out of the blue. That is stupid. Um, uh, we'll, we'll touch on all of those. Well, you know, I, I think that since we're still talking, well, we'll just keep talking about this ridiculous wedding. Um, <laughs> um, I had something to say about it and now I cannot even remember. Oh, so it was, okay. So we're at episode 22. So you realize 23 episodes ago, 
was when Kimberly tried to blow up Melrose Place (laughs) and everybody in it. And so 23 episodes later, we now have the whole gang of Melrose Place celebrating her second wedding to Michael. Like, nothing happened. Exactly. That, and that is the, that is the ludicrous thing that I love about the show, which is no one learns anything, no one remembers anything. No but, one is pulling but, Michael aside and saying, do you think this is a good... I, but you know who is pulling Michael aside saying, I don't know if this is a good idea? Kimberly. Yeah. yeah. She's but, pulling Michael front. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's like, we're, you know, we're toxic together. Remember the last time we got together? I tried to blow everybody up. I mean, you know, she's actually saying these things, but like everybody else in the world is in, in Melrose world is like perfectly fine with this happening all over again. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that it's because they do deserve each other. But yeah, Alyssa and I were, like, we started recounting how bad they are together. Remember when he almost killed you and you were presumed dead? Remember when you tried to kill him and framed his first wife? Remember when he told you to run him over in the driveway after he gained his memory? Yeah, there's a lot of, what the hell is this? And, you know, ironically, this is also, I think, probably the only TV show that's ever had... Um, a divorce and a wedding in the same episode. Possibly. Because Kimberly gets served with her divorce papers from Michael in this episode, the same one where they turn around and get remarried on the beach. Yeah. That's that's essentially it. Yeah. Yeah. It is absolutely crazy pants. Um, And that's not even like the sort of... I mean, I guess it's the biggest story, I, I guess, because it wraps it up, right? Um, I, you know, I didn't think of it as the biggest story, I but... either. I, I still think the, the eight plot continues to be Amanda, Peter, Bobby. It's just so boring and, and unrewarding. How could that even be the a-, a plot? Because it is super boring. It's like, what what is going on with them? So it's just the same shit. Like Amanda and Bobby are together. Peter's trying to ruin it. Yes. So okay, we get a backstory, right? Alicia finally asks Peter, "What's your damage with Bobby?" Right. Right. She she basically, you know, remember last episode we caught or she caught Peter. We caught him too going through her briefcase in the middle of the night and reading Bobby's financial papers. And she pretended to be asleep, but she had like one eye open watching him do it. And we thought that she was just going to let him get away with it. But she actually brings it up like the very first scene. And she's like, what were you doing? Yes. And he makes up a story. Now, okay. I couldn't figure out if this was Peter was lying to Alicia to save his ass or if the writers were just now giving Peter a backstory that came out of nowhere. Well, that's what I thought, too. I was, I was like, wait, so now we've just invented another part of Peter's past again, which really doesn't make sense if you peel back the layers, because how could this have even taken place if Amanda wasn't even connected to this Miami family when she was from L.A.? But, but yes, you think it's a concoction, right? I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know if this is something Peter made up or if this is something that the writers made up because they were like, well, we, we need to give him a bigger reason for doing this. That's what I think. That's where I think we are right now. 
Okay, so you think it was the writers because Amanda's not a big enough reason. Yeah, but I did not remember this at all. So I feel like they quickly abandoned it. Not not contradict it, just don't don't ever revisit this thread about Peter's dad that we knew nothing about in the first place. So basically, Peter says that the reason why he's going after Bobby so hardcore is because the Parisi family ruined ruined Peter's dad's business and his dad committed suicide over it. Right. And and for whatever reason, that's enough for Alicia to completely come on board. Right. So, um, hey, I guess that's where we are. And so she is ready to, you know, sort of swindle Bobby out of yeah. money, the business, whatever kind of ruin that she's going to, uh, they're going to heap on poor, innocent Bobby Parisi. Yeah, now, they, now they've got him involved in a, uh, a corrupt politician scandal. Yes, so basically now they're going to set Bobby up so it looks like he was paying off a politician to get his, uh, his cable company off the ground. Right. Including going to um, a cocktail party for the senator, and Alicia even has a photographer there that she's paying off to get some incriminating shots of Bobby and the set exactly. looking like pals. So it's all very... Um, oh, and at the same time, I think that we will need to weave this in. There's just a very quick side story about Bobby asking Amanda to be part of the board of directors. Yes. And the only reason why I bring this up is that because if Bobby is going to get busted for... Um, you know, bribing this a, corruption, yeah, a corrupt, you know, corruption. Amanda stands to take the fall as part of his uh, his board. So right, right. You know, and then Alicia sort of turns around and she says that the reason why she's she's gung ho to do this is because she's somewhere in the paperwork she's has written in that if Bobby does something contractually that like screws over the company, the company automatically goes to her. I don't know how contracts are written. I don't know if that's even possible, but that's that's her angle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know how the contracts are written, but that does put her on the chopping block. You know, that does make her vulnerable. And all of this just leads to really dull TV. That's the thing. If, if after this description, you guys and girls or listeners are thinking... Wow, that really didn't sound like an A plot for this episode. I still think it was the intended A plot. It's just so who cares? Yeah. I mean, I think that if we had just left it as, you know, Peter Burns is scorned and he's going after, you know, Bobby with all he's got, that would have been plenty for him to try and ruin Bobby Parisi. And there are a thousand other ways that he could do it besides, like, corporate espionage or whatever the hell this is that's going on. Yeah. I don't think we left anything out there. No, that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much where we were, where we are, and they do end up at the, uh, the wedding. Yep, they certainly do. Um, so we'll be seeing them again at the wedding, um, because Peter is going to be the best man. Of course. So maybe we should talk about the maid of honor. Oh, said. Which is for me the highlight, as usual. Wonderful. Her costumes were great. Yes, I said one of the first things I uh, took note of was how she is a vision in green at the beginning. Yes. 
So her costumes are wonderful. So, um, where, where did she come in? She came in, uh, we, we, we first see Sid when Kimberly shows up at, uh, Bernadette at the Martini, office, right? Yeah. At the office. Yeah. So the medical office. Yeah. Right. And, um, and Sid is understandably angry because, um, in basically 24 hours, uh, Sid got ousted from Michael's house and Kimberly got moved back in. And, and the, and the relationship is over. Okay. But not understandably is something that Sid says to Kimberly, which is that Michael is the love of her life. Now, okay. I get it if you want to say that Sid wanted to make Jane jealous. I get it if Michael was an easy target. I get it if the fact that he seemed available after parting ways with Kimberly post-bombing. I get all those things. But I don't believe that Michael is the love of Sid's life. And I don't believe that Sid, at this point, still really thought that. Um, you know, with all the wackadoodle stuff that's been going on on Melrose Place, that's the one thing that I feel like we could believe. <laughs> I mean, that's not the thing that I questioned in this episode. I just kind of said okay and went with it because you have to admit, poor Sid has been Michael's punching bag through every goddamn marriage. Like, he married Jane... And Sid was the punching bag for that. I mean, you know, with good reason. She was, you know, vamping it up with him and all of that business. But, you know, but still, she's kind of like his, she's kind of like the rebound for him. Yeah, she's uh, definitely an easy target for him. Yeah. You know, and so, and and you got to question, why does she keep going back to him? Because the same, you know, because the same things happen again and again, unless she really loved him. I agree. But then here is something then that will probably disappoint you. I don't think their stories align at all in season five, which is her last season. So she and Michael never get back together? No, I don't even know if they talk to each other. I think that's fine. Oh, okay. I mean, I think that we've played this, you know, this, you know, at that point... If she goes back to Michael again, I kind of feel like that does nothing but make her look pathetic. And I don't want Sid to be pathetic. I feel like she's already been made to look a little pathetic here. But they save it by having her do awesome things like what's to come in this episode. Right. Like, now she's sort of, with this now, she's turning the tables. Exactly. And, That's exactly it. And she's really getting what she wants. Which and is quite like, frankly, does deserve and does deserve. And, like, you're just cheering her on because y- you want her to get her just desserts. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Um, and, yes. Yeah. So, basically, Kimberly doesn't like Sid being around in the office, and she demands that Michael fire her. Um, and so, Michael does. And after, you know, he does argue yeah, with Kimberly. Un- un- unceremoniously in the end. Yeah, he does. You know, um, he, he does try to argue with Kimberly and says, you know, she's actually pretty good at her job, um, which I didn't know that, um, and that the patients love her and that Peter also has to agree to it and he probably won't. Um, but ultimately, uh, Kimberly seduces him to do what she wants and he unceremoniously, like you said, fires Sid. 
Yep, we get we get a bit involving Chinese food being dumped in the office. Yes, yes, it was it and, was lovely. And then we have an immediate cut to what is my highlight of the episode. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> when Sid marches into surgery where Peter is, barges into the <laughs> OR wearing scrubs and a face mask. <laughs> and you know, all I could think about was. Where did she get that face mask? I could use one of those. Yeah, yeah, I had that thought too. <laughs> this is how we live now. This is how we live now. So cavalier about the face masks. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, and she actually is like, yeah. I, well, actually, I loved it when she walks in and she's like, "Which one of you are Peter Burns?" Yeah. Because, she, because <laughs> everybody's wearing a mask. I can't tell which one of you is Peter Burns. <laughs> and then, and and he's like. And then she takes her mask off and she starts like telling Peter what Michael did. And Peter's like, you're in my sterile space or something like that. Yeah. yeah. He said, well, you get out of my sterile field. Yeah. The sterile field. That's it. Um, and so basically he shoes her out. Go, they go outside of the operating room and she tells him what Michael did. And, um, and, and he's, he's sort of like not in Sid's corner with this. Yeah. He's like, you know what? You are terrible. Yeah, and and I've got to search, and I've got like to close up somebody's body. So go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Sid is out of a job, but wait, there's more. There's more because Sid ain't gonna take this lying down. Oh hell no! She goes back to the office. Um, Peter is done with surgery. He and Michael are both there, and she's got a process server with them. I mean, I guess you can sue very quickly in LA. Um, And she sued both of them for sexual harassment. Well, yes, and she starts to recount some of the other things. And believe it or not, between Michael and Peter, Peter is the guiltier party. She goes, Peter, you basically pimped me out. And he can't even argue. And like, you know what? Sid wins this sexual harassment suit. Yeah, she absolutely does. And, And she's got, you know... She, she's, she. They're both kind of dumbfounded by, by this, yeah, yeah, act, um, which I think was pure genius, and I cheered. I cheered, but Kimberly is not going to take this one lying down. She goes to Sid's apartment, which used to be her apartment at Melrose Place, to beg her to not, um, go through with the suit, and even then ask Sid to be her maid of honor. Yeah, craziness of craziness, yes. Yeah, which I just kind of shook my head and said, oh boy, here we go. And Sid basically kicks her out and says, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, but must have a change of heart. But we shall see. Um, Do we keep going with this? Yeah. Okay, Um, so... At the beach house now, it's it's the wedding day. I, again, time warp. I'm lost with what... Kind of like where I am right now. Don't even know what day of the week it is mm-hmm. in real life. Like, I have no idea, like, where the time passages are on Melrose Place. Because all of a sudden, we're at this wedding. You know? And even Matt offhandedly says something to Alan about, Oh, well, on Saturday, we're going to the wedding. Because, like, did you hear about the wedding? The last minute wedding were invited. You know, so yeah, it's like Yeah, it's like remember Kimberly, she met you, told you that I had been arrested and oh by the way, bombed this very apartment four months earlier. Yes, we're going to celebrate her new marriage on Saturday. Yes. And and it's totally fine. It's absolutely fine. And I guess they had a phone tree. And that's how everybody found out. I, I guess so. Remember phone trees? <laughs> <laughs> remember those? Um so Peter Kids, kids, it's the twentieth century version of a group text. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, we. I guess we we did have to explain that one, didn't we? I'm like, we don't I, have to explain a phone tree. Come on now. I'm hoping that we have some young listeners who don't know actually for once. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the wedding at the beach house. Um, Peter is the best man. Michael has no friends except for Peter. Um, and while they are getting ready. Uh, they're discussing the lawsuit and Michael is basically like, let's give her 10%. Sid is right outside the door. She marches in and she says, that sounds good. I'll take 10% of the business. And, um, I'm the office manager by the way. Yep. Gets her job back and promotes herself along the way. Right. And she's got the papers ready. They just have to sign on the dotted line and they have no choice. Um, and which Life doesn't work like that, but in Melrose Land, we'll say it does. And that's when Kimberly shows up and Sid's like, oh, and by the way, I am your maid of honor. What? Yeah. Well, she got what she wanted. Yeah, she did. She did. So now we should probably back up a little bit, right? Because now there's not so much, you know, obviously Michael and Kimberly do their thing and and their husband and wife. And then everything that happens afterwards at the uh, reception is all everybody else's storyline. Um, yeah, so... We should probably do Matt. Let's do Matt. The, um, I have uh, something interesting to say about um, the, the Matt storyline. Oh, what is it? The actor who plays Alan is one of my newest Facebook friends. What? Well, I looked him up, and he's got a Facebook page, and I sent a friend request... And a couple of weeks later, I got a confirmation that he accepted. So Lonnie Skyler is my new Facebook friend. Oh, my God. That's so exciting. Yeah. When you sent the request, were you like, we've been talking about you on our podcast? No, I never send a note with my Facebook friend request. I'm like, it's Facebook. It's been around for 15 years. People just click yes. And that's, I'm sure, all he did. That's hilarious. Um, so how's so he, he been? Um, he looks a little different now. Doesn't seem to have acted much, but has a daughter, I think, possibly adopted. Um, And the photos and posts that I do see, and they don't seem frequent, seem to just all be about how great she is. So, good for him. sweet. I love that. I really love that. Well, he was in this for a hot minute. Um, Not a whole lot of him in this episode, but, um, but David has been around and uh and and david and matt run into each other in the hospital uh now david is the guy that took matt's whole job yes um and the one that we would love to see matt just be with and interestingly when they first met matt was like oh no i have a boyfriend and david was like so do i i'm not asking you out you're full of yourself um and now it seems like David is kind of asking him out because they keep yeah. him, he keeps inviting him to things. And now David, by the way, is single. And so he basically says, like, let's go bowling. And Matt's like, yeah, but my boyfriend. And David is like, no, we're just friends. It's just a get together. And um, and he but he can't make it because he and Alan have plans, which then Alan breaks because of work, I think, right? I think it was Yeah, because of filming. Yeah. Right, he had to go he had to do rehearsal. Um and so and so Matt goes and it looks like he's really happy to be there and um he and David share a big hug. Just a hug. Just a hug. That's all Fox would allow. Um but it was still just a friendly hug. 
And uh, right as they're embracing, in walks Alan, and um, he looks very angry, and he turns around and he leaves. Matt doesn't even know that he's been there. Um, then the next day, in the morning, they're having breakfast. Um, Matt's grumpy, and Alan tells him about the wedding. No, I'm sorry. No, no, Matt, no. Alan Matt, is grumpy. Alan's yeah, grumpy. Alan is, Matt. Alan is sulky, yeah. Yeah. Matt says, uh, asks him about the wedding, and that's when Alan spills about the bowling alley. And um, and then they argue. Yeah, what I love is that Alan is like, I saw you with David. I saw you hugging him. It looked really serious. And instead of Matt going, nothing was going on, it was just a hug, Matt says, oh, you were there? <laughs> <gasps> Why didn't you stop? Why didn't you come and say hi? Why didn't you hang out? Um, yeah, and and it was, and there's basically like this back and forth with Matt being like, well, I've got to go. I've got rounds. And, and now Alan's like, you've always got to go. You're always working. And then this sort of like, weird thing is going on between them when it's really not about, you know, Matt working. It's really about Alan still having to be in the closet and Matt's not Yeah, yeah, but it's definitely causing a lot of friction between them. And I also don't know if you noticed this, but on the, the fridge behind them, randomly there was a photo of a black gentleman and it looked almost like Sherman Clump from The Nutty Professor that Eddie Murphy played, though this would have been filmed before that even came out, but I'm like, who is this man? How is he connected to Matt or Alan in this apartment that he is the lone photo on the fridge? I didn't we, even notice that. We will we will never learn the answer anyway, so it's just as well. It just doesn't matter. Um, and so... I mean, it matters to me, but yeah. So even we though won't. the boys had the big fight, they do end up going to the wedding together, and while they're at the wedding... Um, I think Matt makes some quip about it and David just lets it spill that, um, his crazy producer, what's her name? What's her name? What was her name? Um, Gloria, Alan's producer, Gloria. Um, they had a meeting that morning apparently, and he and Valerie are going to get married. And Matt was like, Oh, Oh, you mean on the show? On the show. And Alan is like, no, in real life. And, um, and then it's just kind of like, that's kind of where they leave it. And with, with Alan saying like, it's just a show for, you know, it's public relations, it's PR. Um, and so he's real nonchalant about the whole thing. Yeah. And so he just lays that out like right before, um, you know, Kimberly starts walking down the, uh, the sand aisle there to, to, uh, to remarry Michael. Yeah. And that's that's their whole storyline. So that's them. That's them. Yeah. They're gonna, they're heading for a breakup. I'll tell you right, that right now. We got. <laughs> oh, you have amazing powers. Yes. I know the deduction. So I get. Uh, are we? Where are we? Uh, oh. Let's do. We have to talk about Jane. Ugh, do we have to? We can do it quickly. Okay. Uh boy. Um. Richard calls a truce. Uh, because apparently they're going to be interviewed on the same fashion TV program, one ahead of the other. And so Richard is like, I won't say anything bad about you if you don't say anything bad about me. And Jane was like, I'll think about it. Yeah, she's like, I don't owe you anything. Yeah, yeah. And so um, 
meanwhile, back at Jake's place, um, Jane and Jake are still hot and heavy, even though they have no chemistry. And, um, and, and Joe's, Joe, not Joe, Jane, too many J's. They're all J's here. I know. And I guess to, to show how busy she is right now, not only can she take extended lunch breaks to have sex with Jake on the floor, um, she's like her, the apartment is a mess and she's like rolling all over her designs. Like there are designs everywhere, sketches everywhere. And I guess that's kind of the point because what happens next is that, um, Joe comes over and I guess she and Jane are friends again. She's trying to make amends. She photographed some of, um, the pieces that Jane was working on so that Jane yeah, would have she, a record. She, yeah, she did this, yeah, this, like, free shoot for Jane, and it's like, well, we should have seen something about that, because that's a major olive branch one, in one direction or the other. But, right. But and, we don't, yeah. Yeah, and so she puts the stuff, she puts her stack of whatever's down. Well, yeah, so... So Joe has a bunch of a stack of things that she's got for herself, and on top of it is something that she has to give to Jane. So she puts the big stack down, and then she gives the top envelope to Jane. But she puts the stack on a table that already has some other things on it, like the previously discussed designs that have been strewn about. And she walks out with the book. And when she leaves, she goes straight to um, Richard's office, where uh, Richard's got a seamstress who is putting together his line, I guess, overnight. And his office looks kind of like Jane's, with like an explosion of illustrations. And Joe puts all of that, all of her stuff on his desk, and they leave. Um, and so the seamstress is now going through the desk looking for the sketches that she's supposed to be, you know, putting together as actual fashion pieces and grabs Jane's book thinking it's Richard's. And now she's going to basically make Jane's designs. Am I remembering it wrong? Or doesn't she kind of take a look at Richard's designs and like scoff at them? She like like kind of pinches her nose and shakes her head like oh this is bad and keeps looking and that's ultimately why she finds Jane's sketches yeah. on the rest of the table yeah pretty much I mean you know his his desk is definitely chaotic and she's kind of flipping through it and like kind of looking at things like it can't be that Ugh, can't you know be that. I mean the idea the idea is generally though that Richard really doesn't have that touch and Jane does right and um um, so I don't, oh, so how Jane finds out is that, uh, well, oh, well, she's, she now realizes that her pat, her sketch pad is missing. Right. She looks all over Jake's apartment, can't find it. Yeah. And that's, so that sort of tips it off that like, she, she now realizes that they're missing the next morning, sketchbook's still missing. Uh, they are watching TV and they see uh, Richard on that show and he's praising Jane's work, but behind him are all these mannequins in Jane's designs. And so yeah. she's basically like, how did, you know, he stole, he stole her, he stole her work. And so she goes to his office and confronts him and, uh, in front of Joe and the rest of his staff. Right. And, um, and basically she's vows, to, you know, vengeance. Um, and 
And then when he, when she leaves, um, you know, Joe is like, kind of like, well, you stole Jane's work. And, and he's like, well, prove it. And at this point, he doesn't know what the hell is going on. He just knows that whatever was behind him wasn't his designs, but they're good. So he'll yeah, take he it. Doesn't, yeah, he doesn't know, but he's obstinately like saying, taking credit for stuff that is someone else's not his. Right. And so, if it's James, so be it. But like, fuck you, I'm saying I'm mine. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And to the point where like eventually Joe does play detective and she sleuths out the... Um, the designs. The designs from Jane's the Yeah, they're Jane's designs. And she's like, did you draw these? And she comes to the conclusion, by the way, that it was her screw-up, that she must have grabbed yeah, it Yeah, she figures accident. out exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then she confronts him, and she's like, did you draw these? And Richard's like, yes, I did. Yeah. So this is the, the true beginning of Richard essentially breaking bad. Good. And is it also the beginning of Richard going away? No, unfortunately, it gets so much worse before then. Are we, are we, is like, is he going to be around next season? Not for much of next season, okay. but he's here for, but he really, really, really does taint the, the tail end of the season. Oh, goody. Uh, so, so that's that. Moving on. Now we can get to the Billy and Allison. Is that where we are? Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. Ghost Brook. Wet Brook, nowhere to be found. Have we left that? Are we done? Or are we going to have the haunting again? No, I don't think we see her ever again. I think she just came back as a ghost for that one episode. Essentially to, like, possess Billy with a newfound aggressiveness. A newfound dickishness. But we're done. We don't see um, Kristen Davis ever again. That is seriously... They, they conjure a ghost, and then they don't do anything with it again. Um, yeah. Wow. I thought for sure that would have had staying power. You would have, but no, there's less. I mean, that just makes it even worse, really. Yeah, it's true. Don't bother then, guys. Uh, I mean, because couldn't he have just turned callous by the very nature of what had happened? Like, she didn't need to come back and haunt him so that you're, he could be an You're absolutely right. Yep, that's exactly right. Uh, it's like, I don't, why don't they just trust human nature, these writers? I don't know. Maybe they don't know humans. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Um, so we don't have Brooke, uh, haunting him, yet Billy is still, uh, surprisingly swaggerish. Um. Yeah. And he decides that he is going to go after an ice cream account because he was so successful with the, what was it, the toy, toy, the toy account, right? Lindy Toys, yeah. So now he's going for Imagine Mabel. Ah, okay. So it's an ice cream, uh, ice cream company. And, uh, Amanda's basically like, you're never going to get it. They hated everything that we tried, but hey, you know, knock yourself out. And so Billy enlists Allison to help him land the account. Yeah, he basically sabotages their team pitch and gives her a decoy thing, unbeknownst to her, that he knows the the two older women, Madge and Mabel, will hate. And then he can save the day with a with a pitch that gives sort of like an alternate um, take on on the ice cream that they are partial to. You know what? I loved Madge and Mabel. Oh, I love Madge and Mabel too. I, I feel like, like we might see them a couple more times. Yes. 
that's fantastic because I think that we need to. I there, think we do. There are these two like little old ladies that make this ice cream and they are badass. Yeah, one of whom you might recognize Kathleen Freeman, who is the kind of bigger one sitting on the left, who's done everything for like a hundred years. Uh, and was, I think, even, what was she, Peavy's Big Adventure? Like, she's been in everything. And we'll, we'll probably talk about her again uh, in a future episode. Um, but no, she's great. And the two of them as clients, as like these, like, cantankerous old women are great. Yeah. Um, so it was really wonderful, um, to, to have them. They, they gave it some like serious, like levity and fun to this whole episode that we haven't seen in a very long time. It's sadly true. Yeah. Um, and so basically Billy wins the account at Allison's expense. He makes her look like a fool. She is not happy about that. Um, and then he like goes to the apartment, her apartment that night to sort of, I don't know, gloat. And she's still mad. And, you know, instead of being at least, like, apologetic, like, he gets rapey. Yeah. That was yeah, super uncomfortable. He really, yeah, he really does just just keep kind of pressuring her and pressuring her. Yeah. yeah. And it's sort of like, it, it's like, it's kind of gross and uncomfortable. And then she, like, gives in to him. And I was kind of yeah. like, ew. Um, yes, so, all of that and more is true. Yeah, yes. and so I kind of was like really ick and very uncomfortable with that, but I guess, hey, it was the 90s. Yeah, we didn't know better, or we didn't know better, we just ignored it, yeah. something like that. Yeah. But wait, if you think that's the worst Billy can get, there's more. Oh, but wait, there's more. Um, I guess we don't really see them until the wedding? Yeah, they're at the wedding, which again, Allison, remember how Kimberly blinded you? Yeah, remember that? Well, no, Allison's at the wedding. Um, I, it's, I think I think everyone is at this wedding except for Jake, Joe, Jane, Richard. Yeah, why or, would Jane be uh, there anyway? Well, I mean, why would any of them be there? But I'm pretty sure they're not there. It's just the rest of the cast. But anyway. But anyway, Billy and Allison are there. But, but Billy and Allison are there. Even You know, I got to say, did anybody bring presents? I wouldn't have brought a present. I don't know. Maybe they gave cash. Yeah, I would. If I was Allison, totally wouldn't have been, would not have bought a present, given cash, nothing. Just go eat the food, drink the wine, and they get nothing. Yeah. After what they did to her, um, or Kimberly did to her. But anyway, um, while uh, while we're at the reception here, um, Billy, I guess, is drunk. Is he drunk? <laughs> I don't even think he is. I think this is just him being him now. Okay, so he's just a jerk. And he, like, drags Allison into, like, the middle of the room and gets everybody's attention and is basically like, Allison Parker, move in with me. And puts her right on the spot. Puts her on the spot and steals the thunder from Kimberly and Michael. Uh, Mimberly. And, um... Uh, yeah, he basically does what Alec Baldwin does in a scene in Working Girl where he proposes to Melanie Griffith in front of everyone at her best friend's wedding. Um, and look, Allison is starting to realize Billy is not who he used to be. Because he's possessed by wet brook, I guess. Um, and she's basically like, no. And then he's like, but I love you or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Kimberly, never to be a shrinking violet herself, interrupts because it's bouquet time. She tosses it. Billy grabs it. 
He steals the bouquet. He steals the bouquet so that he can give it to Allison. Yeah, and it's really, and that's where the episode ends. It fades from there. And it's really one of, like, the most awkward closing scenes of a TV show I've ever seen. Because it's like, what is this really conclusive of? It's so out of character for anyone. Um, it's so It's so bizarre. But yeah, Billy's a dick. Bigger dick than ever before. Because he used to be, like, the good guy who just never expects to be called out for like anything that's less than great. Um, but now he's like really acting poorly. Yes, he is. And I'm kind of curious, like where this is going to go next episode. Yeah. Because, you know, Allison has basically shown that she's pretty disgusted with him, but then like she gives in. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. So I'm wondering, is she going to give in? And like the next, and like, you know, the cold open is going to be like, him moving into her apartment or her moving into his apartment. I hope that's not the case with her moving into his apartment. Cause that's gross. Um, well, I don't specifically remember that what happens there. So we'll have to see. I guess we'll have to see. <sighs> that's the episode. Yeah. The, uh, we hit on everything. Um, Something I didn't mention last week is that Jake got a haircut and it doesn't look good. I mean, it doesn't look bad, but but it's not him in, like, full primetime hotness mode anymore. No. It's because he's doing, he's doing the Clooney thing. Yeah, I mean, he kind of... His hotness seems to be petering out. Petering out, so to speak. Yes. Peter Burnsing out. Peter Burnsing out. Peter's still looking real good, though. Yeah, Peter looks good. His haircut's actually looking good. His suits are still too big, but I guess that was the time. Yeah. Um, oh, was, oh, and and uh, Heather Lockler's hair at this point is doing what everyone's was, which is when they all got their Rachel haircuts uh, after Jennifer Aniston and then started to let them grow out in, like, a very, like, layered way. Um, that's what her hair is doing these days. Yeah, I noticed in this episode her hair seemed to, like, really big. Yeah, it's very done up. And yeah. not, like, not the way, like, when Heather left their first shot to fame with the feathered hair and T.J. Hooker and Dynasty. This is big in a different way. It's Very almost Buffonti yeah. and yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely noticed that where there were certain things where I was like, wow, like, that's a really high head of hair going on there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, I feel like they the writers may have been trying to, like retrace some of those iconic moments from the earlier seasons, like Jake and Amanda doing it on the desk in her office. Cause I think we had like three different couples going to town in their various places of work in this episode between that and Sid going into the OR and the scrubs. It's like, I feel like they were making very overt efforts to try and rechase that kind of like iconography that's been lost through most of the season. Um, and I didn't, I couldn't have been aware of that in real time watching it, but I noticed it this time and I don't think any of these will really stick the landing. I'm like trying to remember if there's anything else that's a famous moment, not an infamous moment, but a famous one from this season. And I don't think we have anything. I mean, this was my sense with this episode and I'm probably completely off base here. But I almost had a sense that the writers were trying to salvage something. That's how I feel, too. Okay, okay. I think, 
But I think I think it's trying to salvage something and also trying to like move the furniture around in a new direction. If that right. makes yeah. Like they knew that whatever they were doing was completely like off track and so now they're just trying to fix it. Yeah. Um and I don't know if this is just you know ha- like like it's like fixing it is almost like it's going to get you know it's going to get worse before it gets better it's, like yeah. you know or if this is just so unsalvageable and there's and there's nothing that we can do except suffer for like what three more seasons yeah well at the very least you have to suffer through these current storylines cuz they're all poo i mean this is just going to take us till the end of the end of the season right yeah, although I was remembering a couple things that uh, were like uh, like standalone stories within episodes that I also know are to come, and like those are shitty too. So it's like everything that's happening just feels misguided. Well, we're gonna so look on. forward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, shit to look forward to. We're still gonna soldier on because this is what we do. Yeah, we do it, and we will always find the moments of of greatness we will always find the pearls we will like sid's dresses or whatever yeah and sid's scrubs and sid's scrubs um okay so that's where we are we're quarantined we're watching melrose place um we are not going to be able to do a hollywood boulevard this week but we will catch up with that next week We'll be back to talk about some more stuff. Um, if anyone has anything, let us know. I'm already going to tell you, uh, I'm going to be talking about the Netflix series Unorthodox. So if anyone is listening along and wants to watch that, or if Karen, if you're able to squeeze that in, it's four episodes on Netflix, and I think it's worth watching. Um, can definitely do that. Um, and before I forget, wishing anyone listening a happy Passover and a happy Easter. Oh yeah, that's where we're. God, like it's time just is weird. Yeah, yeah. What does it all really mean? What does it all mean? Um, yeah. So we're um, we'll we'll have 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 great holidays, um, or as great as you can, all things considered. Yes, yes. Stay safe, stay healthy, and you know, don't go out too much if you don't have to. Yeah, and we'll see you guys next time. We will see you back on the block. Bye. Bye.